Hey guys, welcome back to The Way UK. My name is Jesse, and today we are joined by a very special guest. Though, you're not a guest anymore. Please welcome... Matthias! Matthias, welcome. Thank you so much, mate. Who are you? I'm... I'm a new presenter. Whoa! Huge! Um, my name is Matthias. I am 21 years old, student, uh, living in London. Um, living it up. Love the capital life. What are your life givers in life? What makes you happy? Oh, um, I love to play football. Nice. From Brazil, so it's kind of pumping through my veins. Mm. Um, love to skateboard. And um, yeah, I skate a lot. Not as much as I like to, though. I have seen you play football. We've played football a few times together, hey? We, we play almost every week, mate. We actually, we do this thing on Thursdays, steak night, which is awesome. We play football, and then after a group of us, we go eat steak. Very manly. Yeah, it's very manly. On topic, because today we are talking about masculinity. How fun. Welcome to the way. Thank you so much, mate. <laughs> Big topic. But first, to start off with, we're going to go onto the street and ask some strangers what they think. So, to the streets. What does it mean to be a Christian man? I would say to lead by example. I would say to lead in the way that Jesus led in which he was at, we have like a pyramid where you think of like leadership is where we're always at the top, but Jesus kind of flipped that whole thing and he always led from the bottom by carrying everyone else upon his shoulders. I think that's a great example for us to follow. Integrity has to be a number one a thing. Things that go on behind closed doors that no one else sees is probably one of the most important things when no one else is watching what you really like. And um, when it's just you and God alone, I think that has to be the most important thing. I think you hold the line of uh, being countercultural. And so being different than what it means to be the big macho man, um, like to be a Christian man is to be as Jesus was. Um, and so holding the line that Christ held, which was being a servant. And so I would say if we would have men who wouldn't be the big macho men like culture says to, but having men who are like the servants, one who would wash feet, uh, who would be nameless and faceless. And so I think Christian men need to be more of servants and not leaders, more followers and not like being the big name. It's so easy to put on an act and, and pretend like you're something or someone that you're not. Um, and I think knowing who you are and knowing what God says about you is is a key key aspect because it provides a, a real sense of genuine security in who you are so you don't have to look for affirmation in other places now we always talk about david and, and all these things as christians but man simply put david was in love with god and i think when you're in love with god and you're pursuing god and pursuing holiness and righteousness if you're just doing those things everything's just going to fall into place leadership's going to fall into place just everything that the lord calls you to is going to fall in place love brings obedience and obedience will just bring everything else in line so mateus as you're new to the way You've probably got some fresh experiences to share. A lot of people have heard mine and Zen's story by now. Whereas stories you, over yeah, and over again. For real. Whereas you, fresh meat, mate. Fresh meat. Fresh stories. <laughs> but, um, fresh gossip. Fresh gossip. Well, maybe not gossip. No. That's not great. But the first question for you is like growing up, um, what was your example of like men and manhood? And who did you want to be when you grew older? I don't know. I don't want to be like stereotypical, but. I used to look to footballers so much mm. growing up, like in everything I did, because it's such a big part of your life when you're growing up. It's probably like the most important thing mm. when you're 12 years old is football, True. right? It's FIFA, football on the Sunday mm. and or Saturday mm. and then football at school. But I just remember looking to these footballers and like looking at everything they did on and off the pitch. 
like the way that they uh, the way that they acted, what they wore, and then on the pitch, the way that they played and the way that they celebrated, mm. and then really, really, really wanting to be like them and imitating them in everything you did. And you know, like when you're a kid, you're so impressionable. And so if Messi would wear a certain shirt, I'd beg my mom to try like get that shirt for me. Mm. Or if he did a, cer a certain celebration, you know that when I'm at school and I'm scoring, I'm mm. doing that celebration. You know, really, really looked up to them. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Though for me, I felt like most of my like influence came from more friends rather than like role models. I didn't really look because I didn't have any social media or I'd maybe watch England fail in the World Cup final. <laughs> so like I didn't look to uh, all those guys. But um, I guess for me, the, the first experience I had of I don't know, masculinity was when I saw like this guy do an insane guitar solo at a jazz festival called uh, a guy called Tom Mish who's lit um and it was it was quite late it was 14 but it was when I was like just beginning to f figure out who I am as a man and I b began to discover my music like I loved music then when I saw him rock up in a guitar just a hat vibing I was like that's the man I want to be come on I love that I've never been like a, a hench yeah, gym, gym lad late who, to puberty late you were late to puberty uh pretty average to puberty actually like 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 10 12 13 13 13 yeah that's pretty average 14 yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think yeah my uh, 12 12 yeah. for me <laughs> welcome to the way <laughs> and um the the next question kind of similar but like what characteristics did you think you had to have to be a man i mean definitely when you're when you're in school lunchtime football like if you're good at football that's what you, made you a man. You were like a man. Mm. I remember I'm, I always really loved football and I was always a bit better than my peers. Oi. And so I got a lot of my, affirm myself a lot through my football abilities mm. when I was in school. Because you're not that great now. Oh, like mate. I beat you a lot. <laughs> no, <laughs> Do you bet? You, no. <laughs> but when you're young, it's so, it's so important the way that you mm. perform around your, your friends. And I, and I remember used to look at, I used to play in this mixed age uh, football during the week and looked at these older guys mm. and just the way that they performed, the way that they were able to play. And you just think like, oh, that's a man. Mm. You know, that's what it is to be a man, to be able to like perform and to win. Mm. Very competitive I am. So like mm. winning was a clear sign of good masculinity. I feel that. Yeah. Winning equals masculinity. Yeah. If you're it's a loser, you're not. Yeah. But we'll, well, yeah, we'll see. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I said earlier, like I think it was more looking to peers. Mm. And like more competition between other men rather than looking up to a certain man and being yeah. like, that's the standard. But, um, but I did, I definitely began to notice it shifting when I became a Christian, I'd mm. say. And it's quite nice because I've, I've, my kind of biblical masculinity is beginning to form and I'm beginning to get un a better understanding over the years. Um, for you as a Christian, when you became a Christian, how old were you when you became a Christian? I was 18 years old and mm. I was in the mountains of Norway when I gave my life to Jesus. Wow. Yeah. That's sick. Story for another time. Story for another time. Yeah. But when you became a Christian, yeah. what like views on being a man were kind of reconstructed? I think what's cool about Christianity um, is that in society, we're taught a, a certain, we're given a certain image of masculinity, right? Mm. And the image isn't necessarily bad. It's the image of stoicism and it's the image of provision. 
and it's the image of of leadership and we're going to talk a little bit more about that mm. but what i what i was revealed when i became a christian was the strength that i have in a man through dependency on god mm. i think as a man we are as men we are taught to be um independent and self-sufficient mm. but when god approaches us as a father mm. he invites us to come to him and lean on him and that's not very easy to do as a man sometimes to lean on someone else and to trust someone else but that was one of the main ways um that i was able to express my masculinity was to trust in god mm. in the things that really mattered mm. i think it's a really interesting time to do a podcast on masculinity because we're in this weird time where there's just so few men in the church compared to women it's ridiculous i think the ratio is 6 to 1 and mm. so it's quite nice for us to have this conversation, like be like, okay, what's the problem? Where are we going wrong? How do we step up as men? How do we disciple other men? To be honest, I think mm. that's one of the key parts is like not just learning how to live as a man ourselves, but how do we actually enable and help young men who are like new to the church? And yeah, in, in even people listening and watching, like let's hopefully give you some insight and in what we've learned over the past couple of years, mm -hmm. you know. And what's epic is we have a really good example uh, on what it is to be a man because Jesus was a man. He was fully man and he was fully God, but he was fully man, mm -hmm. you know. And we can look at uh, lots of different scriptures, um, finding, you know, how he lived and actually take that as example for us on how we can live moving mm -hmm. forwards. Um, one scripture that we kind of like looked at before, um, I just chatted through a little bit, is Philippians 2. Christ's example of humility. Um, what a great first characteristic to look mm. at, humility as a man. Um, yeah, Matthias, what, what do you think being a humble man looks like? I think humility is always a good topic. I think mm. it's like, I think being a humble man, walking in humility as a man is acknowledging your identity mm. uh, in light of who God is and whose God has made you to be. Because there are two sides to humility, right? There is the 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 prideful side where you think more of yourself than than you are, and you you boast in yourself. Yeah. And then there is the false humility, which is when we we diminish ourselves to a lowly place. Mm. Uh, and we see, I think, we see both examples in our society in the mm. representation of masculinity, where on one side, men are, are puffing themselves up to be a, a giant and a general or whatever it is. Um, and then on the other side where men are diminishing themselves and saying, actually, no, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not anything, you know, mm. there is nothing for me as a man. Mm. Um, but humility and biblical humility is understanding, okay, who am I as a man in the sight of God and how can I live that out? Well, yeah, we should look at a biblical example of humility. I mean, some scripture for it, uh, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And a few verses later, like, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, rather made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Okay, so we're meant to be servants. And um, yeah, it's. I think that's the example, right? We we have to do nothing out of self ambition. Mm. We have to love others um, as servants, and that that's kind of the first characteristic we can look at, like humility and men. Where do you think Jesse 
that men have got it wrong mm. in maybe in the world or, or even in the church. Mm. I think sometimes in the church we can get a little caught up on being like man and figuring things out individualistically and being disciplined in ourselves. Um, gosh, there's so many, we could, so much we could talk about, but actually we can look at gentleness, be gentle, be vulnerable with each other. Mm -hmm. You look at two Corinthians where it says like, in our weakness, Christ's power is made perfect. Actually, Jesus, his example is that in weakness, we like that glorifies God. When he came to earth as a child, he was dependent. He didn't come as a baby and start going to the gym and like absolutely wrecked everything. And or, as in like, he didn't come as a child and suddenly didn't need anyone and figured out all of his problems on his own. No, he was a dependent man. And you look at his community and you look, look at how he lived his life. He lived it all in friendship. It's like he had a group, wider group of like 12 men and then he had a small group of three men who he was like honest and let them into secrets and, and stories that some of the other disciples didn't get. And so like that, that's our example. We should do things not on ourselves, but we can look to others in community for help as men. We can look uh, at Jesus' example of gentleness, particularly towards like our sisters in Christ, mm. like, let's be gentle towards them. Let's not try like, I don't know, fight them or do, or like gentle spirits is what makes a man, you know? Ugh, that's so, like, I'm all, so lots, lots of thoughts all yeah, thrown out there. No, no storyline, but mm -hmm. hopefully a few nuggets of gold in there. Well, I even, I even see that in my own life though. You know, it is, it does, things come more naturally to women and there are things that come more naturally to men. Mm. And one of the things that come more naturally to men is this, this, this drive, right? Mm. Oftentimes to, to be, to come out on top and to, to work and to work mm. through, uh, just, just work through the tough times. Mm. Right. Um, and we've, we have been, uh, taught from a young age to be that stoic, mm. um, like tree trunk that just stands firm in the wind. Mm. And that is good. And that is a gift, but maybe sometimes what is given less attention to mm. is the gentle spirit, as you said. Mm. that we don't need to do it alone, that we can depend on each other mm. and we can be there for our friends um, and to be vulnerable. And I know for me, that's, it is one of the harder things that comes, vulnerability. Mm. But, we see, but we, we see the fruits of the lack thereof mm. in a society where we look at men and we look at the, the rates of, of mental health within men and mm. how many men are struggling in the dark mm. because they don't have the ability to be vulnerable, mm. but really God calls us to lean on each other as men and mm. as brothers, uh, to help each other and as individuals to be vulnerable mm. with our brothers, uh, and, in, in, and, and ultimately be vulnerable with God, mm. trust God in it yeah. as well. And I think the reason why men struggle with vulnerability is because true vulnerability means letting go of control, mm. to be honest. Say like I, I had something on my heart that I need to share to you and be vulnerable about there's actually a difference between being transparent and being vulnerable. Being transparent to you is saying, hey, I've got this problem. Look, you can see it through, the, say like it's a shop, say mm. I'm a shop. Here, here's the coffee shop, here's what's going on inside, and here's a window. You can look in, you can see mm -hmm. it, but I'm not gonna like let you in. I'm not gonna let, open the door and let you actually like have a say and speak into what's going on. Whereas true vulnerability mm. is actually showing you what's going on and also inviting you to take some sort of say in it and to invite you into having some sort of control over it. And that's quite hard for men because it's like, we want to be in control. We want to be self-controlled. We want to um, be able to lead because we're taught like, you're, you're meant to lead, you're meant to lead. 
And so we want to like be able to lead. Um, but actually sometimes the f best form of leadership and the best form of true masculinity is to let someone else speak into your life deeply. And one thing about vulnerability that I think is key mm. is the fact that when we open ourselves up in a vulnerable way, we actually open ourselves to being hurt mm. and we, we, we weaken ourselves almost. We make ourselves weak in, in front of our brother um, or our sister, if you're, if you're, or whoever it is. And it's tough sometimes to do so. And for me, that highlights the importance, therefore, as brothers to create a safe space mm. where we're able to do that without that fear of being hurt because it is so easy you it is so easy to be hurt when you are vulnerable and there is a culture within guys where where everything's a joke and you're not able to take anything seriously and i love that to an extent right that we're able to have fun um even when things seem tough we're able to see the the joyful part of it but then on the other side of it when you're being vulnerable with a mate and he starts taking the mickey mm. and what you're sharing you hold very dearly to your heart it can cause a lot of hurt mm. and there is a responsibility that we are called to as men to 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 cultivate that space where we're able to share mm. and something that stands out to me is of course we look at jesus right mm. and how he he was such a safe space for everyone around him for his disciples for those that were following him mm. and we see that in the in the garden of gethsemane he even had the need for his friends to give him a safe space mm. um he is he's there and he's praying uh, to god he's about to go through the toughest time of his life mm. he's a, he's about to be arrested and then be uh, crucified and he asks his friends hey would you stay awake with me as i pray mm. would you be with me and help me cultivate this safe space. Uh, and ultimately these these disciples, they fall asleep um, and he, he he's affected by it. It's crazy, he says, it? why are you guys falling asleep? I asked you to stay awake. Man, um, because he asked his disciples to, to help him in that and it affected him. Mm. And I wonder whether we as guys need to start stepping up in creating those safe spaces, yeah. just as Jesus needed in the garden and he, he requests from his friends. Um, he requests of us um, to each other. Mm. Guys shouldn't be afraid of like emotion as well. And actually we need to fight to reclaim emotional intelligence as men. Mm. You read about Jesus and you, you know, you look at Hebrews 4 where it says, um, Christ was tempted in every which way and he's able to sympathize, uh, which also means like empathize, which also means suffer with. Like that's one of the translations he's able to suffer with because he understands. And like, gosh, that's our example. We need to be men who actually understand suffering and are able to be a safe space to, to walk people with it. And it's like, because there's nothing worse than, than opening up to someone and they just give no emotion back because they mm -hmm. don't know how to process it. Like actually being empathetic, learning to have emotional intelligence. It's fruit of the spirit. It's like kindness, gentleness, love, peace, joy. It's like those are all emotions for the most part. Well, some of the emotions, some of them are deeper than that. But like, we need to learn how to be kind and how to be joyful and how to be peaceful and how to be there for each other, you know. And I think, yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't think that that's modeled very well in, in the world and sometimes not in church. And I think that's why there's such a, a lack of men in church and a 
abundance of suicide in society, to be honest. And I even see that in church, though, as in we in church, we have a culture where everything's joyful and happy. But the reality of life is that things get tough and mm. things are hard. Mm. And I know that in, in church, there's like when you ask someone how they're doing, they're like, yeah, I'm doing great. Mm. You know, because mm. that is you don't want to you don't want to bring down the mood or whatever. But mm. there is a culture shift that, that needs to happen, particularly for men, yeah. where maybe things aren't always great mm. and we're not we don't always have it together. Mm. And it's fine not to have it together because mm. um, there is a pressure to, to have it all figured out as a guy, as a man, particularly in church, to mm. have to be happy, to be grateful, um, to, to, to have all these things, which are all great things. Mm. But is there space also to be to be having a, a, a really difficult time to be mm. feeling a, a tough emotion mm. and then to open up for that? When you ask your brother, how are you doing? Do you really actually yeah. are you really asking him how he is doing or is it just a filler? Do you really care? Yeah. And when Jesus came to the Father, when he was struggling with what was planned for him, he said, is there any other way? Mm. Like, I wouldn't say that that was because Jesus was discontent in the Father. It's not that he's, un like, he's not satisfied with the Father, but it's that he's, he's hurting from the fact that there is going to be a hardship coming. And, like, it's totally normal to hurt. Jesus wept. Boom. Like, Jesus understands what it is to be mournful. And so we shouldn't be afraid of like just going through a process. That's been my journey this week. I had the Lord like reveal some stuff on on Sunday last week. And I just had to take a few, like literally had to take a few days off because my emotions were all over the place. And I was like really, really like sad just figuring out some sin that God was like revealing in my heart. Um, and that doesn't, you know, that doesn't, if it's happening like to you every week for 10 years, you know, maybe there is a, a call for a man to come alongside you and be like, all right, come on, let, let's, mm -hmm. let's be men together. Let's, let's fight this battle together. But also there is a time for sitting with emotion. Have you ever seen the film Inside Out, Matthias? Yeah, I've seen the You've film. You've seen Inside. the film Inside yeah. Out? You know, when like joy hates sadness the whole time. Mm -hmm. And like, it's like, oh, well, stop making everything sad. Stop making everything sad. And then the, the pink elephant, the pink elephant loses his cart. And he's really sad. And Joy tries to just lighten the mood and it doesn't work. But then sadness comes and sits with him in his emotions. He expresses the emotions and then he's all better. There, that's a, you know, it's a movie, but it's like a great expression. We need sadness and we need to be able to sit with emotions as men, as well as women. I mean, one biblical example of, Thanks. of a man. Bring the Bible back. Bring no, the no, Bible no more inside out. I know, no, you're good. As in, we look at, if we look at the, uh, the book of Psalms, and we yes, see all the yes. different emotions that are expressed through through the book of Psalms yeah. and David um, being a almost an archetype of a man, right? A man after God's heart. What yes. a, what what a good description of what we should be as men. Yeah. Men after God's heart, you know. And we look through this book that he that he wrote, and there's all these emotions that are expressed, not just mm. the good ones, not just the ones where he seems to have everything under control, but also the ones where he's afraid. Mm. He's he's fearful of his life right mm. he he doesn't know what's going on he's angry he's 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 grieving like you see these emotions yes. expressed through 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 these books mm. and they they are all apart mm. and he sits in them yeah and he he writes about them and he 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 expresses he comes to the lord with them as well mm. yeah and i think vulnerability is just so important for healing as well um like even even the latin word that we get the word vulnerability from. Uh, the original meaning means like a salve for healing. 
It's literally for healing, vulnerability. Mm. You read James 5, where you confess your sin to each other and you will be healed. There is like such an important part of healing that comes through vulnerability. You look at Jesus, his ultimate healing of the world and redemption of the world comes through him coming humbly, vulnerably as a man and dying on a cross. Man, there are so many mm. good topics we can talk about. There's so much in it. <laughs> Mate, I wish you could keep talking. One one thing I do want to cover though before before we end is is this question because we talked a lot about vulnerability uh, and that side of what it means to be a man. But what are the, some of the things that men uh, need to take responsibility for? Step mm. up in. I think sometimes we can get so caught up in like what we achieve and what we spend our time doing and what we look at and that kind of can become our identities. Um, actually, it doesn't matter what we achieve. You look at Jesus' story, he lived 30 years and before he did any ministry, before he did any of that kind of thing, and when he got baptized, the father said, this is my son who, are, who I'm well pleased with. It's like before Jesus even started doing crazy miracles, um, public miracles, we hear him say, this is my son, I'm well pleased. And that's our place as well. That's our initial identity. God is proud of us and it's out of that place that we begin to move and it's out of that place that we begin to step up. Um, yeah, what, what and, have you got? Yeah, and on the day, it says also in the Bible, that on the day that we approach God, he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Mm. And it highlights such an important part of our identity that God is interested more so in our faithfulness to him and not in our fruitfulness to him. Mm. And there's a reason why it doesn't say, well done, good and fruitful servant. Mm. Because ultimately, as you said, he's proud of us for who we are, for our heart, not for what we've achieved mm. and, or what we've done. Mm. Our achievements here on earth, I believe, are one of God's least favorite things about us. I think he's much more interested in who we are as a person as opposed to what we have done. Um, but then at the same time, we are called to be men of courage and of mm. faith, right? So even though we're not judged by our actions in any way, God wants us to be leaders in what we do, leaders of our, of our own lives, but also be examples and leaders for, for people around us. Uh, a verse I like is in 1 Corinthians 16, 13 and 14. And it says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be men of courage, be strong, do everything in love. Mm. We are called to be firm in our faith as men and to do everything through love, right? Mm. So there's, there's, there's those two sides to the same coin where God is proud of us because we are sons, because we were adopted. Mm. You can't just like choose not to be a son. You are a son. Mm. And, and because of that identity, through that identity, mm. we are called to be strong and we're mm. strong in our faith uh, and be uh, leaders and influence people through that as well. Mm. Gosh, another point. Yeah. Where are you getting your affirmation from as a man? I think uh, we talked about this earlier and I'm jumping a little back to, I'm backtracking a little bit, but when we talked about being vulnerable with men, I think a lot of men find it easier to be vulnerable to women than men. And we've talked about creating the safe space for people and like, and all that as men, like creating the safe space for people to open up. But also why you're, you're actually seeking affirmation from girls a lot. Um, and also I see, I see in men a lot um, when they're struggling with their identity, uh, they'll flirt a lot and they'll almost try find affection in other places when they're not finding the affection in the Father and in God. And so even looking back at the identity thing of where Jesus, uh, God says, you know, this is my son who I'm well pleased, uh, that's the place that we should 
find our affirmation in God. And so if you're struggling, you know, to to open up to men, if you're struggling to um, f- with flirting with, with people and with girls, if you're struggling with anything, one of the key things is to look to God and find where your identity is in him and to listen to him and hear him overwhelm you with his love and his pride in you. Because ultimately our identity, whether we want it or not, is centered around something. And yeah. it can be centered around God, yeah. which is what we strive for it to be. And if it's not centered around God, it's centered around something else. Yeah, exactly. We can center our identity around what other people think of us. Yeah. We can center our identity around about, um, what we've done. Mm. We can center our identity around how much money we have, mm. or we can lay that all aside and center our identity mm. around God, mm. right? And as men, we're called to be brothers, sons, and fathers. Mm. And in all of those roles, there is a sense of leadership. Mm. And if our, if our identity is centered, centered around uh, what we've done, we pass that on to the next person also. Mm. And we say, we, 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 we influence the next person in the same way. Mm. And as leaders, as individuals, centering ourselves around God affects the next mm. person that we're around. Mm. Yeah, and the, the thing that is awesome is that, um, you know, we, we've battled a lot about men being able to step out and talk about their emotions. Uh, solitude is a good thing. God. It's actually a very important thing. And like spending time with God and letting him speak to you and reading the scriptures and letting that shape who you are is a very good thing. Isolation is a very bad thing. And, you know, hiding isn't holy unless God hides you. I think as men, we need to recognize um, the, the, the time alone and the time to deal with stuff with God is very key. And don't be afraid of that. But you need to distinguish whether when you, you're taking your emotions and dealing it with God yourself. Or even if, if, I, if you asked a vulnerable question to me and you're like, oh, I see this in your life a little bit. Should we chat about it? And I go, actually, no, I need to deal with this with God. Is God calling that of me? Or is it my own, like, um, I don't know, deception, trying to be, be isolated because I don't actually want to deal with it? Don't, like, don't use God as, an, as a scapegoat and as an excuse to not talk about your emotions. But also there is a space for you to talk with your emotions just with God. So yeah, be, like for men, we, we do need God to be our identity slammer. Like he needs to tell us who, who we are. We can't find it in other places. Um, and there is a place for solitude, but also a real space for being open. Sorry, that was another, no, yeah. another random point that just came to my head. Mateus, that was a lot of conversation and a lot of different thoughts. And we only covered a fraction of what we could. I know, it feels like there's so much we could talk on. Um, maybe a part two coming soon, wink, wink. Um, but we've got some questions that we've been sent in from uh, the followers. So are we ready to, to go yeah. through some of those? I really like this question. It's from Joel and it says, how do you embrace godly masculinity mm. in a secular world that is rejecting it more. Learn what godly masculinity is from looking to Jesus' example and looking to older mentors and asking them and questioning them about it. And then don't be afraid to stand out within the secular world. Actually, living Christ-like will make you stand out. And that shouldn't scare us, but that should excite us that actually we're doing something right. Anyway, uh, I've got a question for you now because you threw me the first one. Uh, The next one is from... Abby, and it says, what if you're just not masculine? It's, it's a real thing because there is a outward 
expression of masculinity and femininity, right? And I don't know whether it is obvious, it's obvious to me that masculinity isn't just the archetype of masculinity, like James Bond or whatever. It, it, it comes in a lot of, um, it, it's expressed in a lot of ways. Mm. Uh, and one of the encouragements for, for someone that might feel that they don't really fit into the, to the societal outwardly ex, outward expression of masculinity is that it's fine. You don't need to express masculinity in a certain way. Masculinity is much more about your heart um, and the way that you hold yourself up as an individual as, and the way that you look at yourself uh, in the eyes of God. That is what masculinity really reflects. It doesn't reflect having a deep voice or going to the gym or mm. playing football. Growing facial hair. Oh, mate, I wish I could. I wish I could as well. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny clip. Yeah. <laughs> a question by Rebecca. How does masculinity in a mainstream way compare to the Christian way? I think when we look at the mainstream world, there's kind of three ways people view success, either money, sex, or power, which is totally counter to what Jesus taught and what the Bible teaches. For example, you look at money, it says you cannot serve two masters. You cannot love God and money. It says that in Luke 16. Then you look at, you know, sex and sexual immorality. One, one Thessalonians 4 says... Uh, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. It's like you were clearly meant to abstain from that kind of thing. And then you look at power. It's like Jesus' is example of how to live is through humility. He comes down to earth and he gives his life up for someone else. That's crazy. It's so counter to what the world teaches. And that's our definition of godly masculinity. Our next question is from Kai. And he says, uh, how can we as men express emotions without being affected by how people label us. It kind of comes down to the way that we see ourselves, right? And how confident we are in our identity mm. and how confident we are in our sonship because God calls us to be holy and he calls us to be set apart. And part of that is being vulnerable. Mm. And that's what matters. It's the way God looks at us. And so in order to not be affected, we need to be sure and we need to know what God thinks of us mm. because in the greater scheme of things, what what man thinks of us doesn't matter. It affects us. But when we are sure of what God thinks of us, then it, it, it falls flat on the ground. Wow, Matthias, that was epic conversation. It was very fun. That was fun to like do this together. Welcome to yeah. the team, man. Thank you, man. Welcome to the team. And uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you want to listen more or watch us more, do make sure you subscribe and you follow. Uh, there will be more great content coming soon. So see you in a bit.